Welcome everyone to the podcast Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. This is a podcast where we talk about tough theological and Christian living questions sent in by people just like you. Our hope is that listening will strengthen your confidence in God's Word, helping you to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If you have any questions, please send them to questionsforpastortim at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. Today the question is, what was Paul's view of women? Yeah, so let's interact with that concept and very contemporary one. Uh, Did Paul hate women? What was his view of women? If we examine the New Testament, look up every reference to women that are named, what kind of picture emerges? Was Paul a misogynist, as has been asked? Um, What is his view of women in particular? I'm suggesting that the starting point in biblical studies for any discussion, any teaching about women, ought to begin with all of Paul's references to women. Rather than going to one particular verse in the New Testament and forming your opinion about Paul, I think a good way to establish a foundation is to look at every single reference that Paul makes to women, look at it, examine it honestly, and then come to some sort of a conclusion. So I am not going to use a deductive approach in this particular podcast. Uh, A deductive approach would say, well, this is how Paul feels about women, and then proceed to prove it. Rather, I would prefer to use an inductive method. I'm going to refer to every single woman that Paul is mentioned, that is mentioned in his epistles, and then at the end, we will come to a conclusion. We'll let the evidence speak for itself. We'll let what we read and find in the text itself give us an answer to this question about Paul and women. Um, I've noticed that Paul mentions 18 women in the New Testament in his epistles, 18. And then one particular uh, person in his life through the book of Acts is uh, also to be mentioned here. But let's begin. I looked at three women, first of all, Priscilla, Euodia, and Syntyche, and see that Paul calls them his co-laborers, his co-workers in the gospel ministry. And so he views these women who are in the saddle with him, working for the sake of Christ, working for the sake of the gospel. He does not demean them. He does not dismiss them. He actually names them by name and affirms them as people who are workers. They're not lazy. They are hard workers in the same uh, task that God had appointed him. So he values these three women, Priscilla, Euodia and Syntyche. He refers to another woman, Junia, as a fellow Jew and his fellow prisoner, and she is outstanding among the apostles. Outstanding among the apostles. There was a cadre of people in the first century who 
we might call emissaries, messengers. They're sent out on a mission. They're sent out in some sort of a missionary endeavor. They're sent out by a church, and they go do a task. They go fulfill some sort of a function, and then they come back to the church and report on what they're doing. Those people are called apostles. Now, we're not referring to the original 12 that Jesus called in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13 and 14. We're referring to people like Barnabas, who is called an apostle, Epaphroditus, who is an apostle, but certainly not one of the original 12. Well, Junia, a fellow Jew, fellow prisoner, is also called an apostle, and she is outstanding among all of these messengers and missionaries that the church had sent out. Furthermore, you've heard perhaps the name Phoebe. And he commends Phoebe to the church at Rome in his letter, and he calls him our sister, and he calls her a deacon of the church at Centria, or at Kencria, depending on how you pronounce the initial C. So she's our sister, she's a deacon, and also a patron of many people, someone who financially is behind them, paying for their ministries, paying for their endeavors. She's a patron. And what is further of interest in this discussion is that he entrusted the Book of Romans to Phoebe, to carry it. And so just on the basis of one woman alone, we see that he has great trust in women. Putting the, the letter to the Romans in her hand for her care. And someone who knows the value of money and knows either how to make it or how to distribute it to correct people. And then being viewed as a deacon of the church and as a sister in Christ. Paul's view of Phoebe is definitely high. And then to move on, he also acknowledges in a very favorable way the work of the following women, Mary from Rome, then Tryphena and Tryphosa. Uh, I wondered if they are twins. Both their names begin with T-R-Y, Try and Try. So there's Fina and Fosa. They sure sound alike. Maybe they're sisters. And Persis. Uh, in fact, he indicates that he loves Persis. So uh, there is nothing negative said about either of the women that I have mentioned in this regard. There is no castigation. He does, though, become negative about men. There are men that he decries in his epistles. There are men like Alexander the coppersmith um, who didn't pan out, but he never has anything negative to say about women. Uh, as I look at chapter 16 of the book of Romans, he mentions no less than 10 men that's right, 10 men. And another woman in Romans 16 uh, called Julia uh, was a host of a house church in the book of Rome. So Paul trusted her to be in charge of this house church, at least insofar as she is the one who uh, had a home big enough for people to gather in, a safe place, a secure place for the church to gather uh, whether she was the leader of that church, I do not know. The text is silent on that. But at least Paul trusted Julia enough to host a congregation. Uh, of further note, um, a report had come 
from Chloe of Corinth's people. So Chloe has sent a report to Paul, and he took the report seriously. He trusted what was said. He didn't say, well, you know, <clears throat> we, we can't trust this woman. We can't trust women in general. We can't trust what they have to say. We can't trust them to vote. No, Paul was never dismissive of any woman. And the fact that he took seriously a report from Chloe about Corinth's people says a whole lot about his view of women. He also passes on greetings from a woman at Rome called Claudia, and then he sent greetings to Aphia of Colossae. So he mentions these people specifically by name. He knows them in some kind of regard. He's had some sort of personal contact with them, and he takes the time to address them by name. Perhaps you've done that yourself. If you've written to a group of people and you specifically say, please say hello to so-and-so, it's because those people stand out in your mind. Those people are special to you in some way, so you highlight their name. And you want to make sure that when that letter is read and received at its location, those people hear their name from Paul. So Claudia and Aphia from Colossae were people who were big enough in stature in Paul's mind for him to record their names. That's impressive. Let's go on. Uh, he also recognized the house church in Laodicea. It seems to be led by a woman named Nympha. And he asked that greetings be passed on to her and the church which met in her home. So Nympha was in charge of making sure that Paul's greeting was shared with the entire congregation. What does that tell you? It tells you that Paul trusted this woman. Paul was not dismissive. Of it. Paul could have chosen anybody in that home, that house church, to pass on greetings, but he chose Nympha. Also, when he was in Philippi, in Acts chapter 16, he accepted the hospitality of Lydia and held meetings of that brand new congregation in her home. Uh, we're also told that he respected the faith and the teaching of Lois and Eunice, uh, mother and grandmother to Tim, or Timothy, uh, one of his disciples. Uh, so he reminded Timothy, in fact, of the sincere faith that lived in these two women. And now Paul is convinced that that same living faith lives in Tim's own heart. Let's move on. Uh, Paul valued the ministry of women so much that on one occasion, in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, he compares his own apostolic ministry to a woman who has children, baby children, even to a woman who breastfeeds her children. That's how much Paul valued the ministry of women and compared his own ministry to what they do. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Pauline letters contain at least 18 women, 16 are mentioned by name, and I'll refer to the two other ones who are referred to in connection to someone else. Uh, of interest is that some women are mentioned along with a male relative, perhaps a husband, but the majority of the women are not mentioned in cahoots with a man. They are mentioned independently of men. That's astonishing. Yes, it's not that these 
this couple was ne necessarily so impressive to Paul. Oh, there were impressive couples, that's for sure. Uh, it's that these women are important enough to Paul that he mentions them independently of anybody else. Now let's think about some of the terms that we find used by Paul of various women that he has worked with. He calls them, as we've mentioned, co-workers or co-laborers. He calls them, called one an apostle, and he called another one a deacon. So Paul uses his favorite terms, yes, his favorite terms for women, co-worker, co-laborer, apostle, and deacon. Now let me mention all the women simply in a simple way. I'm going to do it alphabetically. So I'm going to start with A, and I'm going to end up with T, because T comes near the end of the alphabet. And I'll give a reference to these women. If you'd like to have your own Bible study about the role of women in Paul's life. First, there's Aphia, who is called our sister in Philemon chapter 1, verse 2. Then there's Chloe, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 11. Then there's Claudia in 2 Timothy 4, 21. I've mentioned Eunice in 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. Um, then there's Euodia in Philippians 4, 2 and 3. There's Julia, Romans 16, 15. There's Junia. That's not to be confused with Julia. There's Junia, Romans 16, verse 7. And then there's Lois uh, in connection, of course, with Eunice. Uh, Lois in 2 Timothy 1, 5. There's the Mary of Rome in Romans 16, verse 6. And then there's a sister in Romans 16, 15 called Nurus, N-E-R-E-U-S. I'm not sure of the way to pronounce that in English. I could do a good job perhaps in Greek, but since you're an English listening audience, I'll just do my best at it. Nerus or something similar. Then Nympha. Colossians 4.15, Persis in Romans 16.12, Phoebe, we've mentioned her, Romans 16.1 and 2. And then I mentioned Priscilla earlier. I want to mention her again because she's mentioned at least five times in five different sections of the New Testament. She's mentioned in Romans 16, 3 and 5, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 19, 2 Timothy 4.19, and then, both in Acts 18, 1 through 3, and then Acts 18, 18 and 19, and 26. So she is mentioned five times. There's some other women. We're getting near the end here. Rufus's mother, that's one of the women whose name we don't know, but she is um, referred to secondhand. Rufus's mother. Romans 16, 13. Then there's Syntyche. We've mentioned her. Philippians 4. There's Tryphena. Romans 16, 12. Tryphosa. Romans 16, 12. And then even though uh, Lydia comes earlier, really in the alphabet, she is mentioned in Romans 16, not in the epistles, verses 13 through 15 and verse 40. As I've said at the outset of this particular podcast, if we were to take these verses and study them, all of these references to women in Paul's ministry, to see the names that he attached to them and Paul's descriptions of them, 
his dependence on them, his high view of them. If that were the starting point and the focus of discussions on women in ministry, uh, other than a few passages that are controversial in the epistles, it seems as if the church would be further ahead and we would not be stuck in the mud like we are today in so many different ways with regard to women. So I indicated that I would come to the end of a broadcast and by way of an inductive study, ask the question, what did Paul feel? How did Paul feel about women? Was Paul a misogynist? Do we have any uh, indications in these women that Paul hated women and mistrusted them and thought that uh, we ought not to have much to do with them in terms of church ministry? And the answer is no. Paul did not hate them. He did not trust them. He was not a misogynist. He valued women. He trusted them. And they worked with him side by side in the gospel so much that they have their names mentioned specifically in one letter after the next. It's impressive. Paul loved women, depended on them, and without the women in his ministries, I am confident to say that very little would have been done without their participation, their financial backing, their prayer support, their love, and their working hand-in-hand hand with Paul. So we've begun with a question, and hopefully we've answered it. What is Paul's view of women? Was he a misogynist? No. Did he distrust women? No. Exactly the opposite. He loved women, he trusted them, and counted on them in the spread of the gospel for his entire life. So there it is the end of another podcast, hopefully, perhaps you can investigate this for yourself and not simply trust what I've said. Look at it up yourself and come to your own conclusion. Thanks for listening, and God bless all the women out there who are laboring for the gospel. Thank you for joining us this episode, and remember to send all your questions to questionsforpastortim at gmail.com.